0: Welcome back. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis appears ready to finally draw some political battle lines with Donald Trump, one of them over abortion. It all started earlier this week when the former president called Florida's six-week abortion ban harsh. That, of course, is the ban that Governor DeSantis recently signed into law. Trump said in an interview on Monday, quote, if you look at what DeSantis did, a lot of people don't even know if he knew what he was doing. But he signed six weeks and many people within the pro-life movement feel that was too harsh. During the CNN town hall last week, Trump declined to detail what kind of federal action he would take on abortion if he were to be elected president again. DeSantis reacted to Trump's comments yesterday. Take a listen. Protecting um, an unborn child when there's the detectable heartbeat uh, is something that almost probably 99% of pro-lifers support. Uh, It's something that other states like Iowa under Governor Kim Reynolds uh, have enacted. And I think that uh, as a Florida resident, you know, he didn't give an answer about, uh, would you
1: have signed the heartbeat bill that Florida did? They had all the exceptions that people talk about. The legislature put it in. Uh, I signed the bill. I was proud to do it. He
0: won't answer whether he would sign it or not. Trump responded to that by calling into Newsmax last night saying... I'm the one who got rid of Roe versus Wade.
2: Well, things are really heating up in the presidential uh, candidacy race. I think they're just heating up on the whole issue of life. Surely all of you know that. There are varying positions now because of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Uh, We're having debates all over the country, state legislatures. Uh, There's just uh, the story, the uh, you know, the left is taking advantage of it and getting angry and beginning to do violence over this. The whole issue of life is really on the forefront right now for all of us, as well as it should be. So this is a good thing, I think. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, and by the way, uh, th- my guest today is a real hero in this because uh, I'm a- I've am asked Father Frank Pavone, uh, who has founded and led Priests for Life for, for decades now, to join us, and he has just uh, paid himself a big price for his very strong stand on the sanctity of life, and he'll tell us that story in just a second. But I'm calling on right now all heroes, legends, and stars, and anyone listening, will you open your heart At this moment, we can stand for truth and fight for all we believe in as we stand with Preborn in the cause for life. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion by introducing moms to their beautiful babies. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees the precious life growing inside of her, the majority of the time, she will choose life. For just $28, you can sponsor a life-saving ultrasound. This is the moment for us to rise up and show the world that together, we, as a Christian community, will fight against the principalities of darkness who seek to destroy the unborn. Please join us in this fight. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash sandy, preborn.com slash sandy, and make your most generous donation. All right, Father Frank is going to tell us his story. He's been in the news, uh, and I think you'll find it pretty amazing. So sit back and relax for a discussion with Father Frank Pavone on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News
1: contributor Sandy Rios. I
2: think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. Sandy Rios with you uh, on Sandy Rios 24-7. Well, sitting across from me is someone I've known for a very long time. I have been in this battle (laughs) in this country for longer than I probably should even admit, but it's been a long one. And the way that I got involved in the pro-life movement was really, I was 22 and knew nothing about abortion. That's how far back this was. Uh, We didn't even talk about it. It was kind of a dirty word. And I was in Berlin, Germany, and my husband was stationed there. This is during the Vietnam War. And I went into one of the empty offices to get a piece of paper, sat down at the desk, opened a desk drawer, and there were v- brochures in that drawer of abortions, saline extraction. I I pulled those brochures out. I thought, I'll never forget that. I think I would compare it to what a man must think about when he sees a pornographic issue. At, um image it just burned into my conscience and broke my heart I never forgot it I knew that I didn't know there was a pro-life movement I had no idea I came back to the states and uh, a lot of things happened so I ended up getting in the pro-life movement in Chicago and uh, Joe Scheidler became a very dear friend of mine and one thing led to another and when I went to Washington DC I met the gentleman across from me father Frank Provone a priest for life father Frank's Thanks for joining me today. Well, hi, Sandy.
0: <laughs> it's so good to be with you. And yes, we've been in this a long time, both of us. And, know. you know, I recently asked another colleague, I, I said, gee, how long have you been involved? You know, she said, that's classified information.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I should say that. But you know what? There's two things. Like, we uh, we know it's a good thing to have that history. And yes. I don't want to, out of my vanity, I don't. I don't want to not say what's true and right. what I know because right. that's the foundation for our understanding. Well, it? it is,
0: you know. And as we recruit yeah. more people into the pro life movement, into the conservative movement generally, we have to make sure that the younger uh, activists don't lose sight of that history. Yes, you know? Exactly. And they have a responsibility to learn it. We have a responsibility to teach it. It's funny and share you should it. say
2: that because when I was on a CPAC mm-hmm. panel a few, a few months ago, maybe it was last year. Uh, and we were talking about Roe versus Wade had just been overturned. Yes,
0: what a glorious victory! Yes, yeah.
2: and I felt I had the same impression that you just shared, Frank, yeah. and that I felt the need during my time on that panel to tell them that this happened on the backs of people like Joe Scheidler exactly. and Phyllis Schlafly,
0: Nellie Gray, Nelly Gray, yeah, Jack yeah. Wilkie. Yes, yeah.
2: yes, and that we can't forget. You know, no, they, we can't they, forget. they went before us. You know, and we need to know the history. That's this right. This is not a small thing. This That's is right. huge. Yes, yeah, so, so. Well, uh, Father Frank, a priest for life, is it still operative or not? We oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay.
0: Very strongly, yes.
2: Okay, so that is. What? That's your official title now.
0: Yes, I'm National Director of Priests for Life. And I mean, the term Priests for Life, of course, speaks of about clergy, speaks about, you know, it's a Catholic connotation. But right from the outset, we should let our, our listeners know that we serve the entire body of Christ. And it's one yes. of the, 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 the my favorite aspects of the movement that we are uh, across these denominational lines because we're proclaiming, think about it this way, we're proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. All of us as Christians proclaim that. And once we say that, It means the government is not Lord, the medical profession is not Lord, not even parents are lords of their children. They are entrusted with their children. They have certain duties to the lives of those children, to the education of those children, etc. So the fundamental proclamations of the gospel address the pro-life issues, and also give us a platform for working on those issues in unity.
2: Totally. I, You know, well, I've already hinted at it, but uh, when I started actually working in the pro-life movement, besides feeling very strongly about the need to save babies' lives, I started actually doing something. My, um, you know, all the activists were Catholic, and they yeah. all became my, my dear friends. Dear friends, we yes. We worked together for so many years. Yes. And, and it, absolutely, uh, it's one of those issues the Catholic Church uh, were the leaders on the, in the pro-life movement at that time. Mm-hmm. The evangelicals were slow to the party. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I just did, and thank God for that. In fact, that leads me to my next question, Father Frank, because the the Catholic Church took on that issue with such a, a vision and yeah. a passion yeah. that like in the last, um, oh gosh, maybe 10, <laughs> I don't know, maybe more, uh, uh, marches for life in Washington, D.C., there are like thousands and thousands of young people from oh, catholic schools and yes. catholic universities you know yes. marching and yes. uh, it's it's a huge it has been a huge issue for the catholic church that's right how did that happen
0: well, you know we've had a, a long teaching, and I mean we're all we're all of course people who acknowledge the Bible as the Word of God, but the Catholic Church has a lot of, of additional theological uh, uh, writings over the centuries and whatnot and, and in those writings and in the catechism of the Catholic Church, the abortion issue has been drawn out quite explicitly, and uh, of course, we know the sanctity of life is is biblically based, but I think when you have a community that's used to reading about the issue in more explicit terms. That it's more in their consciousness, yes. and I think that's with, that's the explanation. It's not that there's any more of a commitment to the gospel. Uh, we've we certainly know that. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's simply uh, the traditions that we're coming out of. But yeah, when when um, the movement, as you say, uh, saw other uh, members of the body uh, coming together into this cause for the unborn, uh, that's when we really started to make uh, appreciable progress in this. Of course, then leading to the victory over Roe.
2: Yes, and I know you get you, meaning Catholics, get a lot of criticism for your your stand in the past on birth control. I don't know what the official stand is now. We don't have to get into that. But the whole notion of not using birth control, having big families uh-huh. became a subject of mockery. But the yeah. truth is, uh, it's true that you guys were delving into things that others were not thinking about. Right. About how right, the sanctity right. of life at conception and all of that. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So that, that was good. And now I think about, honestly, I think about how like in vitro fertilization forgive me i know this is going to offend people listening but i we have to think about this stuff i i'm just wondering how we got to the point where we create like five embryos from this artificial process and then you know use one pick two and let the other get how did we it's how like, did life become where, like a grocery store
0: right where do we get that yeah. authority first yeah, of all I and know. secondly you know is life a person or a product. That's the That's key right. question when it comes to these reproductive technologies. You know, I mean, we believe that, you, you know, obviously you can have technologies that assist couples who are dealing with infertility, for example, uh, and there are certain medical ways to assist them, but those medical interventions should never replace the plan of God, that man and woman come together in that physical union of love and freedom. And that is where a new person is born, not a product of some, some test tube, but a person who, from the beginning, is equal in dignity to those parents and to the rest of us.
2: I've never asked anyone this, but I surely do. I don't know if I've had a chance to talk about it because I've been doing just seems like been doing hard hard news for a long time since I left Concerned Women for for America yes. so I don't it's not that I don't talk about abortion but I'm not into that whole thing that discussion as much as I once was yes yes so i think this whole thing of a surrogate parenting and i don't even know if people are doing that anymore but uh, having someone like your sister bear your child mm. for you mm. now i don't know that i can't think of anything in scripture that would prohibit that and yet it just somehow just the, my the It just seems wrong. Do you guys have a Mm -hmm. position on that? Yeah. And a reason? Because I'd like to know.
0: Yeah, because uh, the the whole process of the the generation of life belongs to God and is set by God. The, The scriptural basis is simply the dominion of God. Right. He is Lord over human life and therefore over the process of it coming about. Therefore, we we, we shouldn't be, again, trying to improve on God's plan or substituting for it. Uh, And so the idea that, oh, well, you know, again, maybe it's because of of infertility. Well, I'll just, uh, you know, donate an ovum and and my husband will donate the sperm and we'll put it in a lab and oh somebody else will gestate the child for me it's like it's too much of a a, a, again a a result of our human intervention and productivity where then you think of things that are made rather than of persons who are begotten
2: well remind you i did think of a scriptural example i'm thinking about abraham sarah and hagar Mm -hmm. you know sarah uh, god promised uh, an heir when Abraham was pretty young, and then when he got into uh, be a hundred, well, more than a hundred, and Sarah was in her 90s, uh, she gets pregnant. But before that, she ran out of patience. She mm. knew that, that oh, she had right. a promise, and right. she she decided to she was going to help. Yeah. Uh, do kind of their version of having someone else have her child, and that was uh, the servant Hagar. Mm-hmm. Just go in and sleep with her Abraham, and she she can be our child because mm. we're going to help God because he's obviously not going to come through <laughs> here. And it did not end well. In fact, no, the, the children of Hagar end well. ended up being mm-hmm. the the birth of the Arab nation, and there's been strife now ever since. But that's uh, so that kind of now I have scriptural basis for actually having this the opinion that I do about that, uh, Father Frank. Um, Things have changed, it seems, in the Catholic Church in the last few years. Um, that's my opinion from the outside looking in. Yes. And uh, you were sort of uh, a, uh, not a catalyst. You were the object of the transformation. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. So let's. You were. You were an or You are an ordained. Catholic priest that's right did you conduct mass Do you have a
0: church no for well at the beginning I did I was ordained in 88 I was served in a church for five years in Staten Island New York loved it loved every moment of it and um but the pro life issue was burning in my heart and i want i came to the point that i wanted to devote myself full time to defending the unborn and to ending abortion i sought and received permission to do that so for the last 30 years i've been heading up this priest for life organization that we've been talking about and with permission um, from
2: the church with or your local diocese with full permission
0: right okay. now however once they saw how because the church has a lot of these you know independent ministries we work in, in union with the church, but were independently governed, independently funded, etc. Well, we were very successful and after about 10 years they looked at this and they started getting nervous some of the bishops because you know they like to control everything and so they some of them started to try to sideline me because they also saw us intervening in politics they saw us educating voters getting people to the polls electing pro-life candidates and uh, you know they get nervous about politics a lot of these bishops long story short for the last 20 years they have, in one way or another, been trying to cancel me. Now, cancel culture is a more rel- relatively recent term, but the reality has been around the whole time. And And they try to sideline you and silence you and intimidate you. They tried to take me out of the pro-life ministry, put me back into the parish. The people whom we serve rose up and objected to that and said, what are you what are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? This is still the priority issue. If we don't have life, we don't have anything at all. Nothing is claiming more life than abortion is. No disease, no act of violence, nothing. Let the let 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 father keep doing this work. And I I kept saying, look, this is a call of conscience. This is an anointing by the Holy Spirit. Everybody who knows my work reinforces that conviction. So. It caused no small controversy. Well, they kept attacking. But were you and,
2: refusing and, and, or did you, you fought back or did other people fight for you?
0: Both. Okay. Both. Because okay. the church provides, you know, just like any governing institution does, provides ways of resolving conflicts, provide mm-hmm. ways of, of people defending their, and, their and rights. And pays your salary. Yeah. And so we, mm-hmm. um, we fought back against that. Um, in the more recent years, there was a change of personnel. And I'm not talking about Pope Francis, but there was a change of personnel in one of the offices in the Vatican that deals with priests. They didn't know the people. The new people who came in didn't know about my case, and they kept getting these complaints from the bishops who are against us. Well, they convinced Pope Francis. Uh, this and, and, and this came to light this past December to say, "Oh, Father Frank can't be a priest anymore," and it caused a worldwide controversy. But because people, it was like the, the the good people, many of whom are listening right now, across the body of Christ, who devote themselves to saving the unborn. It felt like a slap in the face. It says, why are you you doing this? Punishing someone who's
2: devoted his life to what you said you believe. Yeah,
0: just because, not because I did anything wrong, but because they don't like the politics and they don't like the priority that I insist that we have for the abortion issue. So, be that as it may, the good news is our team, my board, our supporters are so solidly united that the work continues full force. We're not we're not slowing down. In fact, interestingly, most of the work I do leading priests for life is not the kind of sacramental work that a priest in a parish would be doing day by day. It's not. It's teaching. It's broadcasting like we're doing right now. It's, it's, it's bringing pro-life leaders together. It's leading marches and praying at abortion facilities and counseling uh, uh, young couples, those that think they have to have an abortion, those who have had abortion. We have the largest ministry in the world for healing after abortion. So all of these things I continue to do. People continue to support us. And uh, so what uh, they meant for evil, God uh, is using for good.
2: Father Frank, you don't become a priest, I don't think. At least I've watched movies and I've known a, <laughs> I've known a few. Joe Shidler and have some great. Joe Shidler and I had some great conversations about his I calling bet. to the priesthood <laughs> yes. and how he didn't go. He—it's just so funny. I well, I'll just—you probably know these. I'll just mention Joe for people that don't know was called the the uh, the Green Pro Life movie, right tower of a man who always wore a long black overcoat and a big like not a cowboy hat but kind of like a cowboy hat just a big he was a presence yes and he had, he had like he and uh, Anne had like seven children I think seven yeah but before that he was, he was starting to be a Benedictine monk he was a Benedictine monk and he was a good monk and was going to take his vows but the, he, he was in um out in the country I believe it was in Indiana at the at a monastery uh they'd have to go to to uh into town for supplies every every now and again and he said when he would see a girl <laughs> it was hard he also was supposed to get him ready to take a vow of poverty and he said he had a nickel that he kept in his cloak whatever he called it that he could never give up that nickel he just uh-huh. had to hang on to the nickel <laughs> and he finally said th- you know i can't i cannot take can't do vow. this yeah i don't think i can do that so then he marries in and they have like seven kids but uh uh just uh, did incredible work, founded the Pro-Life Action League. All right, my point is, When you are called uh, as a priest into the ministry, it's a very big deal. Uh, That's a very big uh, deal for a man to commit his life in that way. And so when they took that away, and they have taken it away from you, have they not?
0: Well, the priestly part of it, yes. In other words, they can't do the Mass. Can you still be called Father? Well, most people still call me Father. I know, but technically,
2: according to them, should you be called Father?
0: Well, they haven't given me specific guidance on that, believe it or not. You'll be treading
2: new water here. (laughs) But still, that's got to have hurt
0: oh sure sure it's a big well but but you know they were preparing me for it though because again for 20 years they've been trying to sideline me for no good reason and so we've kind of gotten used to uh this kind of attitude on the part of again i should emphasize some of them and not not all not even most but some who are but this, but that's all it takes you know right. and civil government too you know we see that we talk about the deep state there's a right. deep church
2: Yes. And, 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 mm.
0: and, and and that's what's going on here. It's a cancel culture. We see the weaponization of government nowadays. It's the weaponization of church government going on here. So this is what we're dealing with. And, um, you know, I am content. I am at peace. My conscience is clear. We're doing the work of the Lord. And uh, and people are getting behind it. Uh, but, you know, this can be reversed also. And and that's what we're doing. We're humbly, prayerfully requesting of the Pope that he reverse this decision. And if Pope Francis doesn't do it, there'll be another Pope after him and we'll ask him.
2: Yes so you're you're undaunted are you in some ways feeling a little more free than you felt
0: Oh well definitely because uh, again you know every time we would get you know as we're gonna get be very involved in these elections now coming up uh, you know we would get letters from these, some of these bishops oh you know you can't be partisan you can't be talking about this can't be talking about that and I said to them well, when are we gonna when are we gonna speak up you know there's a saint in the Catholic Church Saint. Maximilian Kolbe. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with his story he gave his life in one of the death camps you know in exchange for another prison but I will always point out, well, this, yeah, that's an inspiring story, but but don't miss the part about how he got into the death camp in the first place. He was speaking out against the political party. He was speaking out against the Nazis. And and and, and, and anything we do today saying, oh, well, you know, Democrat Party's the party of death, you know, now we get punished for it. And meanwhile, they canonize this guy and make him a saint. <laughs>
2: Now that is a very good point, and so when you and we have to make that case, I want to be in the audience. There you go. And then when you do the Martin Luther, and they've got you before the uh, before the tribunal. Uh, no, but Father Frank, it's nice to see you. So I'm really happy to know that you've landed in a good place, oh and yes. they just sort of released you to continue to do what God's called We're you to do. We're doing what God calls us. Yes. All right. So very briefly, because we have to uh, wrap up. Um, how could we not have spoken about this, but the, the pro-life issue now that Roe versus Wade is overturned yes, yes. is becoming very intricate. What what are your thoughts about where we should go with this? Like there's some compromise about six weeks and all of that, abortion at well, six what, weeks. What do you think? What we need
0: to say to our lawmakers is very simple. Give the unborn the maximum protection for which you can get a majority of the votes. But We can't pass legislation without the votes. We can talk principle. Obviously, we want to protect all the babies. We're, we're obliged to protect all the babies. But you can't. Pass a piece of legislation just because you have that end goal in mind. You've got to deal with the votes that you have. Now, if there are enough votes in a legislative assembly... To protect these babies from conception, that's what they need to do. If there's enough to, for, for, for six weeks, do that. If there's enough for 15 weeks but not, not any, any less than that, then do that. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And that's got to be the principle because, you know, you're not going to get all the different— I mean, the states are all different, each among themselves. And at different times, you know, the members of Congress, they're going to have different ideas. I think we all need to be patient. We all need to keep give each other some slack in the sense that if a legislator says, hey, listen, I think we can only do it up to this point— don't, don't don't say that that person is less pro-life or anything like that say that they're, they're looking at the reality they're just counting the votes yeah. and, and and it's like let's do at any given moment the most we can
2: all right father Frank Provone founder and I don't know what you call yourself president? national director national director of priests for life and my my good friend thanks for joining us today great it's I'm a so pleasure. glad you're doing well thank you thank you first of all I want to thank each and every one of you who have shown your commitment to the sanctity of life by supporting Preborn? You've been hearing me talk about them since the beginning of the podcast in January. They've been our faithful uh, supporters, and they remain that. And they will be for a long time because we believe in what they're doing. They not only provide ultrasounds to women who are puzzled or confused about their pregnancy, which means they get to see a picture of the baby inside of them, but they also tell these moms about the redemption that Jesus brings, about the life he brings, the eternal life, the abundant life. They provide practical help for the mom, for the, the, the father, if he's anywhere in the picture. But they bring the good news. And so they transform lives in eternal ways, not just physically. So if you'd like to help us help them, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Coming up next, Bruce is going to join me for a few minutes to to just talk about what Father Frank just shared with us and get his perspective. So stay tuned.
0: This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
2: Okay, well, that was just one of so many great interviews I got at the National Religious Broadcasters. Uh, I've been wanting to interview Father Frank for months, and it was just great to be able to do that in person. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Honey, that was interesting, wasn't it? Father Frank's quite the, uh, quite the figure right now. I mean, personality and also powerful character in this whole play of life.
1: You know, leave it to God to turn a situation that man meant for evil and turn it into something good. Father Frank was such a strong advocate, and he just got to be too much for the Catholic Church And they really tried to silence him they really tried to get rid of him and now he's like a phoenix he's just risen and he's probably going to have more of a voice than ever now that he's untethered
2: yeah it is true and of course his the people that have worked with him for for so many years are you know just his fiercest defenders and i think you're right he's not going to miss a beat and he was so much more cheerful than i expected i expected him to be because i know he took some real licks they there were some things that were said about him that were so hurtful and I remember reaching out to him right after this happened because I thought, you know, this has got to be devastating for a young man who gave his uh, gave himself to the ministry in the Catholic Church as a, not to give up marriage and family to go into that and then have it in this way because he's been defending life all these years and too good at it, I guess, and really confronting new leadership in the Catholic Church and uh, pockets of people who are like pockets of people in Protestantism who really don't know Jesus, I think. I think that would be the best way to des- describe it. And they become really enemies of the faith and enemies of the truth. So they've come after him. And, uh, but what, how delightful to see him thriving. It, it's just pretty thrilling. yeah.
1: Well, I, but, was a little, uh, I was a little hesitant because when we were going to try to ask him to come on the show, I saw his assistant, and I sheepishly asked her, how is Father Frank doing? And she goes, oh, my gosh, he's doing better than ever. And so it wasn't long after that that he came walking by, and I got distracted for like five seconds. And by the time I turned around, he was gone. I, he moves like like a cat. He's everywhere. he's everywhere. And he's everywhere. He was all over the place. And I never did track him down until the next day.
2: Yeah. Well, we amazing. were just so happy to get to connect with him uh, personally. After all these years, I, I really enjoyed that. So I hope that you enjoyed that discussion. You were challenged by it. Uh, If you have anything to say about what you heard, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. We love what you have to say, so call us and leave us a message at that number. And meanwhile, thank you for listening to this edition of C.D. Rios 24-7.